0: Hello and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jay Grace Pennington and this is my podcast where I share six improbable thoughts before breakfast, and that means six thoughts about reading, writing, or science fiction. So I am ready to get started. So number one, I mentioned I think last week that I was going to be starting work on the next for moment book, which is book eight in the series. And I announced that the title is humanoid and so I finally actually started that although just barely <laughs> I wrote a few sentences but I did set a goal for myself with a deadline in the middle of April and so going to start working more seriously on that today I still need to really plot out the outline I only have the very basic idea of the main sort of central theme and the, the very 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 basic plot plot point, I guess, like the, the major thing that happens in the book, but no other plot, no arc, no nothing. So I really need to sit down and just give it a, at least a bit of an outline, um, because personally, I just can't, um, I can't, I, I don't do like an extensive outline. I guess you could say I'm somewhere in the middle between um, plotster and panster, um, because I do I do just do a very bare outline um, and make up, you know, fill in all the details as I go along, but I can't start with no outline because I just get so mired in not knowing what's supposed to happen next that I just get stuck. It's happened every time I've tried to write with absolutely no dead. Uh, I'm sorry, with no outline. I always have to go back and do one. So I'm going to work on that this afternoon and really get started on this. And I'm really happy to be back in this world again, spending time with these characters and um, just doing something new, so can't wait to share that with y'all one day. <laughs> the number two, I said that I had written a few sentences on it, and those are actually not even part of the main book. They're actually part of the prologue. So I'm um, not sure if you knew about this or not, but each of the firmament books actually has a prologue and an epilogue that are part of a um, connected but separate story. That happens after the series is concluded. So, um, but the, the prologues and epilogues are not actually in the books, which is why you may not know about it. They're actually on the website, so you can go to the website and read the prologue. And then to read the epilogue, you have to have a code from the back of the book that will unlock it, and you can, you know, read the 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 next piece of that little story. So, um, we know that there's a man that is trying to research the life of Andy Lloyd, who is the protagonist of the Firmament series. And, um, we just find out more and more about why he's doing this, who he is, what he's really looking for. And, um, there were some really interesting developments in the last epilogue, the epilogue to Eleftheria. Um, and so I was, um, really intriguing myself. I actually have not outlined the prologue epilogue story too much. I kind of know the very end of it, but, um, not a lot of the in-between. So I kind of Surprise myself, honestly, with the epilogue that I wrote for Eleftheria. So um, I'm gonna have to figure out where that leads. So that's I wrote maybe a paragraph, maybe two small paragraphs on the humanoid prologue, and um, that's what I'm going to be working on first. They're very short; they're only a page at most, two pages. Just, just a very brief. And for me, it's just fun to give a little bit of context to the stories um, when I've read books or series that have something like that, that have sort of a larger, um, s- mythos that surrounds them. It just makes me feel more immersed, makes me feel more like the story is real. Um, if I feel like there's something larger, like there's a bigger picture to it. So I just wanted to to do that. Um, and yeah, really looking forward to moving on with that. So number three, I also talked last week about how I had been reading some books to my kids, and how I was sort of struggling with what I should read them next, and I had multiple people reach out to me and message me ideas for reading to them, and I absolutely loved that. I loved getting the input, and I got so many great um, thoughts about what I might read to them next, what they might enjoy even at their ages, and so I have several um, suggestions. I have several books that I'm going to look into and and try out, maybe try reading to them, So, but uh, the one I chose first was I decided to read them Winnie the Pooh the classic books by A.A. A. Milne which I can't believe I honestly didn't even think of that even though I have a beautiful hardbound collection of the Winnie the Pooh stories that my husband gave me when I was pregnant with my first. So I pulled that out and I've read them the first couple of those and I think it's a perfect uh, for their age range like I think um, it's interesting it's also fun for me to read. A.A. A. Milne is a great writer but I think it, it's where they're able to comprehend it like I even asked them, you know, hey, what was happening in this story? And they were both able to tell me little bits about what had happened. And so um really grateful for everyone that reached out to me about that and excited to keep reading to my girls um with some of these suggestions. So number four, I also mentioned recently that my book club book for this past month was called The Girl with a Louding Voice. And um I I it wasn't my favorite book or anything, but I did find it very interesting. Um, I did think it was overall well written and, um, enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But what was really interesting is that, so the, um, the hostess of our book club, she, um, is the, the daughter of, of an elder from our church and she and her family actually lived in Nigeria when she was younger for a few years. They were missionaries there. Her, well, her parents were missionaries. And so she actually had so much more to bring to our discussion of the book than we might otherwise have had. Like she not only was able to share some of her experiences with us, but also she made Nigerian food. She brought pictures from her time there. She borrowed things from her parents that they had gotten there, clothes, different things, and was able to show them to us. And, um, talk to us about things she remembered about the customs, um, and just about things that were similar to the book or that were maybe different from her experience. And it just made the experience so much richer. Like it, it, it did add more context to it. And I, it was so much more interesting to discuss than it could otherwise have been, even though the book itself was definitely interesting and a good read. It really added so much to be able to Um, talk with someone that had that firsthand experience and share with us and, and also how the book affected her after having been there. So I just thought that was really interesting. And it just, I think it's always good to hear, you know, other people's experiences and how, and and it's it's just hearing directly from someone about something is always going to be interesting to me, you know, something that they've lived through. Um, And so it just made it A great, a great uh, discussion experience for our book club. So, I loved that. So number five on my currently reading, um, I started reading the Mysterious Benedict Society books. I'm still just on the first book. I don't know how many there are, but um, I think I might have heard of it before, but it wasn't really on my radar until the um, Disney Plus series came out, and that looked interesting to me. And several people actually recommended it to me, but. Because I am the way the way I am, and such a bibliophile, I could not do it without reading the books. Like I just could not. So, I've been kind of like keeping an eye out for the books, um, for either like some used copies that I could get, or getting them from the library or something. And I hadn't really been able to, but then um, I saw that I could get it from the library an an ebook that I could just read on my phone. So I decided to do that, and I'm about i want to say like two thirds of the way finished with the the first book, and I am really enjoying it. I feel like it's kind of a less dark series of unfortunate events almost it has that same quirkiness, really weird characters, really just kind of funny viewpoint of the world, you know almost like a magical realism, kind of like a just 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 in a very um a very quirky is the best the best way that I can put it a very quirky story, um, and characters and and plot, and I'm loving it. I love when there's something I can read that is really innocent, <laughs> but still really enjoyable. You know, still really well written. I definitely would consider reading this to my kids when they're older. Like I definitely don't think they would understand or appreciate it at their ages, but it's it's fun. I recommended it to my brothers, and it is making me really look forward to watching the series, um, although I need to find out how many of the books are covered in the show, because I do want to make sure I read whatever books those are first before I go into the show. So enjoying that, and it also does make me want to write children's books. It's something that, you know, I've thought about off and on, and I just haven't really had an idea that has grabbed me. Um, I have one book that's kind of along those lines, like just kind of a quirky, you know, I don't know, for younger audiences. I don't even know exactly what the age range would be on it, but um, I've never finished that project and don't even know if it would qualify as a children's book. But it is something I have interest in. Um, Obviously, already I'm writing for young adults, but writing for children especially something really funny that adults could also enjoy and that could be to me that's what makes a great read aloud too is something that the adults and the children can all um it just equally have fun with so who knows if I'll ever do that but it is something that I'm interested in so number 6 I may or may not have mentioned I honestly don't remember that I'm rereading the divergent series and, um, I actually mentioned to my book club hostess that I was reading it and I had just begun my reread at that point. It's been many years since I read them. And she said she was actually currently reading them and she loved them, but could not handle the teen romance. And I thought at the time, I'm like, well, I don't really mind, you know, teen romance in general. Um, I like a lot of <laughs> teen romance books and movies, honestly, uh, love John Green's books, you know, et cetera. But then I started getting into the romance in the Divergent series and I was kind of like, oh yeah, I I understand what she means now. (laughs) And it's not because it's teen romance that I struggle with it. It's just the way that it's written. Um, It's just, it feels very unrealistic to me. It's very over the top. And of course, like romance is exciting. And, you know, especially when you're, you know, young and you're new to it and it's all very sort of up and down and you know whatever of course it's going to be dramatic that's fine but it's it's just does not ring true to me and of course I have no idea but it just reading it just as a reader makes me wonder if the author had really had a serious romantic relationship herself when she wrote that I know she was very young at the time I have no idea but I just know that it doesn't feel true to me it feels like someone's thoughts about romance would be if they had never really experienced it because it's just, um, and not only is it kind of over the top in certain ways, but when it first starts out, so this is a 16, 17 year old girl, and she very obviously, you know, has these feelings or attraction to this, you know, 18 year old boy, and, but she's very mystified by it, and it's very obvious to the reader that she's attracted to him, and that he's attracted to her, and yet she somehow never realizes it or thinks of it, even though she's an otherwise very smart and not foolish person. (laughs) And it just irked me because she would be like, I don't understand why I, you know, have this sense when I'm near him or whatever. And I'm just like, well, you should understand because it's obvious. (laughs) Like it just bugged me. And then when they do get together, it's a little less irritating in some ways, especially once they do get into more ups and downs of their relationships and they do have arguments and conflicts and things like that. But it' still just it doesn't have the ring of truth to me and again this is pure speculation on whether or not um, the author had been in a you know serious romantic relationship herself but it just just thinking about it does make me see how important it is to write out of your own experience because even if she had had um, you know a good romantic relationship, I don't feel like this could have been authentically written out of it because it feels so unrealistic and so just not true to life. And real romance is just not like that. It's, and this is why I cannot stand romance novels in general. <laughs> There's a few good ones out there, but they just so over the top and I've been in love. I obviously am in love with my husband you know, I've had romance and it's amazing and wonderful and it can be super dramatic, but it's just not, it's still real life. You know, there's still, it still has a lot of mundane aspects to it. And, and there's, you know, awkwardness and confusion in in a normal way and not always in this like heightened, you know, super romantic all the time. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't have the ring of truth for me. And it makes me just want to be certain that when I write, I am writing in a way that even if it's not a hundred percent, you know, real it's not a hundred percent something that has actually happened. It still has its roots in reality and it's still coming out of something that is in me, something that I have really experienced because I just think it's it's impossible unless you have been really immersed one way or another in something. And it doesn't have to be a direct experience, but there has to be some kind of, you know, truth that it comes out of, or it's just not going to have that authenticity to the reader. And you don't want the reader to be distracted by that and it to pull them out of the story. Because I really do like this series for so many reasons, but I do get kind of pulled out by how irritated I get at the <laughs> over-dramatization of the romance, and I don't want to do that to my readers. So another good reminder to me to watch what and how I'm writing and think about how it would affect me as a reader also. So that's all my thoughts for the day. I barely squeaked in this morning to make it before breakfast because I woke up a little later and still had some other things to do, but I did get this one in for the week. Really thankful for everyone that's been listening, everyone that's giving me suggestions about read-alouds. I absolutely love um, interacting with listeners and with other people, with book lovers, writing lovers, um, just story lovers everywhere. So please keep those comments coming. Let me know, um, again, any more suggestions about read-alouds. And if you've read Mysterious Benedict Society or the Divergent series and thoughts about, you know, romance in fiction (laughs) and how it can be done well or badly, just love to hear any thoughts. So I hope everybody has a wonderful day today. Hope everybody is staying warm in this cold winter weather and stay improbable. Bye.